1: Hi, I'm
2: Matt Lee. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Yourself, Yourself a gun. gun. A Sopranos podcast where Vince interrupts me every single time I do the title of the show. That's, it is a... Um, that's how we do it. That's our intro. It, Accept it. It is. People love it. It's sing-songy and it's fun. Um, we are the world's only Sopranos podcast Uh, that we know of and that's because we refuse to go into the podcast store and find other ones Um, we watch every single episode of the Sopranos and we talk about it at this point hopefully uh, you've been around for a while you know what we do and if you're new hi welcome to the pod Um, speaking of new we have a wonderful guest in the studio tonight and by the studio I mean um, in some quarantine location uh,
3: in America, I assume. Uh, Bobby Big Wheel is here. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. And it, again, if you are new to this podcast, it is the only uh, Sopranos podcast there is. And yeah. um, while by Big Wheel is my name, my real name is Michael Imperioli. Uh, <laughs> so you're listening to Michael Imperioli talk about the Sopranos. Wow, you, yes, sound,
4: this is, you sound so much less Italian in person. Yeah,
2: well, he's acting, Vince. Oh, duh. shoot. It's just a character. In real life, he sounds uh, more uh, just kind of like your standard issue Jew.
3: Yeah, you know? few people know that I'm a Jew from Connecticut. I'm just that <laughs> bit of an actor.
2: Yeah, I mean, you are a fantastic actor. And uh, Why, unfortunately, this particular episode uh, doesn't uh, feature a lot of Michael Imperioli. Yeah.
3: Um, well, actually, he actually is...
4: pronounces it Italian in real life does he? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) all the other stuff's just acting. Uh, Hey, if you
3: guys uh, miss me, uh, watch Summer of Sam, another movie that I, (laughs) Michael Perioli, was in. And I'm
2: Steve Sharipa. (laughs) Sharipa? Sharipa, I think. Anyway. Sharipa? Bobby Bacala. Um, Before we get this podcast uh, fully started uh, and fully off the rails, uh, I would be remiss if we did not play the theme song.
5: pod always said you chose chosen
2: pod podcast in your pod pod podcast
3: hell to the yeah that i love (laughs) that theme by the way so the funniest thing to me about the actual sopranos theme song is like david chase you know he's like this super into music guy like (laughs) musician and he chose like i think it was like in the 90s people thought it's like every genre of music is converging into one yeah future of music is yeah. Alabama Three? And he chose <laughs> yeah. the dumbest fucking song to be the theme. Like if if that weren't the theme song to the Sopranos, can you imagine going to your friend and be like, "Hey man, you gotta check out the song on Spotify yeah. called
4: Oh How Long
2: gotta... Is It? Oh Seven Minutes? Fuck this! Yeah, that
4: I think it was like how in that much
3: of it is spoken word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It
4: it was like when Howard Stern had that I'm a Tortured Man song from the Private Parts. Yeah, soundtrack. like that yeah. was a shorter era. Like this. Electronic samples in like quasi indie rock music was shorter mm-hmm. than, was shorter than like the swing revival. Thank God. Yeah,
2: it was, it, it really did feel like it was the decision was made when, you know, new metal acts were headlining woodstock you know so they were pretty sure that this was the music of the future that all in the future every every genre is going to be mashed together it's got to have a little bit of rap in it it's got to have a little bit of a house beat going on it's got to have a guy spend your love on kind (laughs) <laughs>
4: you gotta have like. The... Oh, me, oh, my.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's
4: gotta be a random Jamaican rap guy behind the mark. Yeah, McGrath. that is
2: surprising that there's no guy in the background who's just like, a the gun. I got the gun, gun. <laughs> I, do, like, <laughs> I
4: do. You gotta have a Jamaican hype man. I would be happy if every every song had a Jamaican hype man in the back.
2: Gun, 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 gun. You got yourself a gun. <laughs>
3: I bring it up though because um, the opening song to this episode, I actually felt like would have been a much better Sopranos theme song.
2: I feel like most of their music choices um, would have been better theme songs. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, anything in general. That like, there's a lot of great music on this yeah. show, and uh, it's just it's ironic that the, you have to start it off with one of the worst songs ever recorded. At the same time, and we've said this before, it is also like an iconic song it's like it's a song that does get me pumped up but only because the show is good right you know but you know what like, if this had been if that had been the theme song to arliss we would have hated <laughs>
4: what is the theme song to arliss anyway i
2: don't know if it had a theme song. was it
4: money by like pink floyd the pink floyd version of money
2: i mean that would have been sick yeah. um i probably would have watched the show then
4: feels like on brand for arliss anyway we got to do before we get into too much about this episode
2: Uh, Well, first, we'll say today we are watching uh, from Season 2, Episode 11, House Arrest, which premiered on March 26th, the year 2000. And Vince, I think it's time for us to take a little trip in the Wayback Machine. But before we do, I just want (laughs) to point out, I finally made a bumper, and I've decided to rename it, this section, uh, the Remember When Machine. All right, here it is, the Remember
4: When Machine, first time ever. What?
5: WAP remember, then, 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 then. remember remember when it's the lowest form of conversation
2: Okay so it's a little long I'll admit I Also I feel like,
4: I feel attacked by the fact that it starts with them shouting WAP four times
2: Yeah <laughs> I you know I've noticed that um I, I I don't know why I never noticed this before, but doo-wop is just a, a racist term for Italians. Like, because like wop is Italian, duop is just like Italian music. Am I wrong? <laughs> Wait, about really? That?
4: I don't. I not did not know that. If if so,
2: I mean that sounds right. They do say wop a lot, and they are Italians. I don't know. <laughs> we call it
4: you know doo-wop or dago jazz. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right so uh where what was happening march 26th march 26
4: 2000 uh i went a little deeper on the headlines than you like me to go but i don't care uh I
2: don't, I don't care
4: from the new york post uh hill shoots ahead mayor sorry hill this should be a comment here hill shoots ahead mayor sags in wake of latest cop slaying uh that was uh the senate race what uh, yeah, that Hillary was running against Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani. Oh, oh, Hill Hill is Hillary. Yep. Um, and she has surged ahead of Mayor Giuliani, uh, with the latest police shooting dealing a savage blow to the mayor's Senate dreams. A stunning new post poll shows.
3: Yeah, she's ah. up
4: three points at this point.
2: Wow, this Can is so. Have, wait, was we might was, have saved
3: history if Rudy Giuliani wins that Senate race? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't even know he ran for Senate. Yeah, that's he crazy. ran and then he dropped out because he said he had prostate cancer. Though the rumor at the time was like, oh, they're going to like find all the mob ties stuff. And oh. Yeah. And now we actually find out it wasn't so much mob ties. It's just that every other aspect of his life was totally corrupt absent the mafia.
2: Yeah. You have to imagine that if you're open about uh, marrying and fucking your cousin, what are you not open about? You know, <laughs> like like <laughs> what yeah. what are you not telling us when this is
3: something that's just out there? For everyone to see. Also, if Rudy Giuliani um, wins that Senate race, he's not mayor on 9-11. and so people just like still kind of hate him. Yeah, that's, that's see. I point. always
4: do these games. Like, I think the Buffalo Bills are actually the key to like America going wrong. Like, because if if the Buffalo Bills had won that their fourth Super Bowl that were that they were uh-huh. in, uh, Timothy McVeigh might never have bombed. Uh, the Oklahoma City Federal Building. And if Donald Trump had been allowed to buy the Buffalo Bills like he wanted to, he may have never yeah. gone into politics.
3: Basically, anything Fuck. before Trump was elected is like dramatic irony in real life. Right. Where, like, we know it ends really badly, and we're <laughs> just kind of like... And yeah, right. Like, oh, these poor characters, they don't know that we're all just kind of circling the drain here. Yeah,
2: yeah that's just every time you read a history book, you're just like <laughs> idiots, and of course, <laughs> we are the idiots.
4: Yep, that's us. Uh another that's headline us. from the post uh this is a very New York Posty headline. I don't know if it'll come through uh, you know, the spellings. Um anti-muslim attacks turn Brooklyn into Moscow. Uh, wow. Oh, wow. Which,
2: wow. Mosque hyphen al. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking a dude,
4: which I don't even know why that, I don't know what that has to do with uh, Moscow, Russia, but um, it was interesting to see that they were, uh, they were attacking mosques uh, well before nine 11
2: well wasn't um what was that war in chechnya wasn't that happening
3: at this time yeah i think it was more like residual um like the ayatollah asahola t-shirt era <laughs> no sure
2: sure sure <laughs> i mean great t-shirt but it is uh yeah i just wonder if maybe moscow had a lot of like anti-muslim sentiment at the time because of chechnya i don't know I don't, if it was actually i don't
3: going think on the, the new time. york post headline writers are really that deep yeah i don't think yeah. they were expecting their
4: readers to go
2: that did know that Yeah, yeah, they're not fact checking their shitty pun headlines. Yeah,
4: Um, and another, uh, you know, sign of things to come uh, from the uh, L.A. Times: goodwill Mm. towards U.S. is dwindling globally.
2: Uh, Mm. Oh boy, I wonder, I wonder if that'll ever improve. (laughs) (laughs) Okay,
3: now, well, now we get everyone to pity us. Yeah, Um, that's um, that's kind of nice. It's kind of we kind of went into the crevasse there, uh, and now everyone just kind of feels bad for us.
2: Yeah, I know. I think, uh, especially now that we have, like, the most deaths and the most cases of coronavirus and everything, I wonder if, like, now, you know, when this is all over, we'll be able to, like, travel to uh, Europe again instead of people being, like, disgusting, fat Americans. They'll be like, "Oh, look at how cute they are in real life. <laughs> oh, you sad from all your dead grandparents, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that might be so sad for you. They're just petting us um what were the top movies at the time uh, the
4: top movies uh at the time march 26 2000 were uh, aaron Brockovich in its second weekend uh mm-hmm. n- narrowly edged out romeo must die um, oh shit yeah and uh final destination coming in at number dope,
2: three dope ass movie dude dope ass yeah. movie yeah think about those ways to die all the time man
4: yeah top song still uh say my name by destiny's child
2: that was a, that was a fucking that slapped that was a good song that's a banger But uh, so, yeah, that was what was going on. That was what was going on in America at the time. A little bit of a little bit of context for you. And uh, now let's get into it Uh, from season two, episode 11. This is House Arrest. And uh, Vince, why don't you read the uh, synopsis real quick?
4: Yeah. So in this episode, uh, having dodged a legal bullet, Tony is advised by his lawyer to spend more time at his businesses. Junior looks for diversions to relieve the tedium of house arrest and eventually finds one in the company of a police widow. Meanwhile, Melfi's problems boil over while eating dinner with her son.
2: Yeah, yeah. So um this is an interesting episode. I I actually uh I actually did like it even though it did feel like it was kind of in that um you know these like episodes that are right before the end or like, you know, right in the middle of the season where you're not sure how much plot they're going to move forward and if yeah. they are instead, this is an episode that's uh, just kind of like filled with this uh, being stuck motif. So this is like, it's basically uh, an episode about how the Soprano family is trapped in a prison of their own making. So uh, here are. Oh shit. Week. Oh shit. That's so I'll deep, dude, dude. I'm so fucking deep. <laughs> with it do you want to take like,
4: my job as a professional critic?
2: I thought about it, but then it took me so long to write this that I was like, oh, no, dude, I'd rather die. I'd literally rather die than do what you do. Do you want to talk about symbolism or motifs? Dude, Dude, first of all, I just pulled motif out of my ass. We're hoping to
4: go into some color theory.
2: Yeah. Oh, I got some theories about some colors, dude. Um, so here are the Bada B stories real quick. Uh, Tony. So it's all about being trapped, right? So Tony is trapped in his office and trapped with Richie. Richie is about to be trapped in a brand new house with Janice. Melfi is trapped in alcoholism and her petit bourgeois ways. Bobby is trapped with Junior and Junior is trapped in his home, trapped in his broken down, horny old body and trapped at one point <laughs> in the garbage disposal. Solid. Um, That's a solid plot line. Yeah, I I think yeah. so too. Um, so general thoughts. Um, this movie's got uh, this movie. This episode is uh very much so uh about what gangsters and people around gangsters do with their time when they ha- when they with their idle time. It's like a lot about. It's very idle hands are the devil's playthings. Mm-hmm. I thought this was, the, was a. Fr- a very like Scorsese
4: episode, at least in terms of the music. Like this one felt like the most Scorsese cutscene of uh any of the Sopranos episodes oh, uh, sure. so it far. Had, yeah. It
2: had that song, that uh that Bob Dylan song. Um, yeah You're gonna have to sell somebody. And it reminded me that um I fucking hate Bob Dylan.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
6: yeah. Fucking
2: I just hate him. I'm
4: glad I didn't have to be the one to say it this time. uh,
2: Yeah, no, he's not a good singer. He's not a good singer. um, And yes, he's, I I guess he's a good songwriter. Here's the thing. I enjoy his, his kind of bad singing. This is what I'll say. I hate a confident Bob Dylan. I liked, (laughs) I I really enjoyed uh, like the kind of, you know, uh, folk song, Bob Dylan. You sure. know, because he had like a really unique thing about him. And when like, he was
3: goofing off doing scatty yeah. stuff,
4: that was kind of good. And then people thought like he was super deep,
3: and that's yeah. And like, then yeah, he, like, so he he's it's music for people who'd rather be reading a book.
2: Yes, that's exactly right. It's music for people who accidentally turn on a music channel on their way to NPR. It's not. <laughs> I disagree. Quite- I think he
4: was. I think he was doing like goofy drunk poetry, which was probably pretty fun oh, the in time,
2: the 60s at the time but then yeah. people
4: like liked the songs so then they kept they kept pulling like uh charles manson and trying to find the you know like the secret hidden message inside it and uh yeah and that I, I think it's bob dylan fandom that annoys me much more than bob
2: dylan himself yeah that yeah that's true too but i mean the song itself is just it's this very um like uh it's this bluesy fucking Boring ass song about like it may be the devil or it like was this? <laughs> I, I mean, I wonder if it was like written at a time when he was like starting to get
3: into Jesus or something. I don't
2: know, but it really, pissed I think, me th- off. I think
3: that that was kind of his um, oh, I'm like really Christian now era. Did he get he yeah. got into Jesus? I didn't even know that. Yeah, he yeah, he had, a, he had a, a Jesus era. Time.
2: Yeah, yeah, and then you, what's really annoys me because he never really had. Uh, He only was Jewish, like he was secular Jewish, but he never had like a Jewish era, did he? Like he just was Jewish.
3: He became like super pro Israel in the eighties, oh Jesus, he, yeah, like all the boomer all the boomer like phases he like that's what's the <laughs> annoying <laughs> about Bob Diller, Dylan fans. did he did he have a Reagan era too? was he just
2: like I don't think he went You're that gonna far. have to trickle down megonomics.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you meet a Bob Dylan fan, it's like, I get it, man, the sixties were awesome, I had to be there, yeah. Hey, Mr. Fed Chairman, can you slash
2: some interest rates for me? <laughs> so stupid. Okay, but
4: Bob Dylan aside, you got this song during the uh, the trash scene at the beginning.
2: I love it. Oh that. yeah, yeah, great song.
4: I mean, that's just a solid intro song for any uh, show. I think that's it should the have pre- been the theme. Yeah, that's yeah, the Pretenders, Space Invader.
2: It's a, it's a great song. And it, it uh, the so the episode opens up with um, a giant dump truck dumping garbage uh, in front of, uh, I don't know, some sort of
3: food place. Yeah, I Middle Eastern guy. So, so like, I think like the reason 11.
4: Yeah, I think yeah. the reason it feels so Scorsese to me is because it's got a lot of extended uh, needle drop scenes of gangsters mm-hmm. uh, of like tracking shots of gangsters doing gangster shit. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I always enjoy that because it's like they're not doing anything, but you put the pretender song over them, just like dumping Walking. trash into yeah. a parking lot, and you're like, "Oh man, this gangster life is so so glamorous."
2: Yeah, it's a lot more fun when you're just listening to good music while you're doing, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. like
3: petty and bullshit
0: this, and this to episode destroy is, small businesses.
3: Yeah. And it's ultimately about just like. How much it rocks to be Tony uh, when he doesn't have to like really do anything? Yeah, like, like... yeah, yeah. So basically, um,
2: you know, it, it opens with the the guy, you know, basically dumping all the trash and whatnot, and and so Richie is is kind of uh, using Barone sanitation, uh, you know, to to either do uh, various pranks like like that <laughs> where he just dumps it from a guy who complained about his like you know garbage pickup not being on time uh or he's using it to sell cocaine so that's what richie uh is up to um which i mean
4: yeah what does that look like exactly selling cocaine on a trash route i kind of wanted them to go into that does that mean he's like wholesaling it off the back like does the cocaine dealer need a ride and the trash is like a like what like why do you need the trash at, like how I does the trash
3: maybe i think it's like a wholesale thing where like you know the dealers like you have dealers at um various points on the route and you just kind of like it cuts down on your transpo the right the, the, the cops well, aren't gonna pull over the dump truck uh yeah he's yeah. selling
2: he's selling kilos you know but he, sure there's but, I mean, it kind of makes sense. It's also like, you know, a fucking... It's a, it's a trash truck, so I imagine it'd be hard for like a drug sniffing dog oh um,
4: okay yeah smell it that checks out all right i'll go with that i mean because otherwise i'm like man this is just like the height of laziness when you can't take a separate car to do your like cocaine drop (laughs) (laughs) off
2: you you thought they were just trying to save gas money (laughs) well i don't know i
4: couldn't figure out like how the trash uh why the trash helped the cocaine distribution
3: in the 90s coke was so low margin you know just like you you needed every competitive advantage you had yeah yeah, I mean, you know, I, I definitely could see how that
2: might be confusing, but it it, it it felt to me like it was pulled straight from, like, a headline. Like, this yeah. is something that probably yeah. did happen. Um, but, also, yeah, so Tony um, realizes after talking to his lawyer.
3: So he gives him, what you know, as someone who still is technically a lawyer for the next four months or so, mm-hmm. uh, but I consider it to be pretty bad legal advice where he's mm-hmm. like, You know, so I think the gist of it is, you know, oh, uh, you just got off a murder rap. So, you know, keep the police off you. So it's like, oh, instead of hanging out in a pork store, hang out at a waste management company. Right. As if that's going to get the FBI to stop surveilling you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think he mentioned specifically. So his name is Neil Mink. And uh, uh, and he mentioned specifically, like, stop hanging out at the strip club, which part of me goes like, all right, first of all. Just because there's titties everywhere doesn't mean it's like you're up to no good. There's a lot of, like, upstanding citizens who just want to <laughs> see some titties. Sure, sure. Just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the idea is, like, listen, you, you want to stay away from, you know, doing any, any illegal shit. You know, hide out for a little bit. You want to show up at your no-show job, I think is the right. Basic. To me, it's like, why don't you show up to that front that we have for all of our business? Like, show up to the money laundromat.
3: There's nothing <laughs> yeah. weird about that. And, like, In the Northeast, uh, like, commercial waste management is notoriously mobbed up. Yeah. Like – Yeah. And and also, it's like, you know, say – like, it's not like the FBI can't, like, drive over to wherever he is and, like, have the van with, like, all the surveillance equipment in it. Like, yeah. I, I mean, is, is the theme of this episode also, everyone's kind of lazy Yeah, and I'm only oh. selling Coke if it's on the trash route. Well, uh, it's like, yeah, you just got to go drive out to the waste management. Building.
4: Yeah. So what does it mean? Like if you're, if you're a mobbed up, uh, you know, waste management company, like what is the scam there? Just that you have like an artificial monopoly or what?
3: Yeah, actually. Um, so, I mean, they're all super corrupt. Um, and they basically, it's, it's almost like a cartel where they kind of split up roots and they, right. um, and they uh, stiff like business owners and it's really expensive to get rid of trash. Um, there's like, so I'm from Connecticut and there like a, a decade ago. There's like, there's a minor league hockey team called the trashers owned by a local uh, like waste management guy. <laughs> and they had to fold in the middle of the season because they found out it was a mob front.
2: Oh, that sucks. So the team never got to go into the playoffs.
3: Yeah, it, that would be a good move. You know, maybe you could do a screenplay of that. Just like you're playing for a mob front hockey team, and then like the FBI shuts you down, but you got to win like your last game. Just to, like,
2: save <laughs> yeah, <pace. laughs>
4: you
7: got to save
2: the
4: waste management company.
2: Nowadays, the 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 mobster would just start a GoFundMe, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's just uh, I think it's not quite the same. Um, but yeah, so the fact is is that Tony uh, has to go uh, back. To his office at Barone Sanitation, and uh, so, which he's turns under, out
4: he doesn't yeah. like it, which is hilarious because the entire reason that you get into the mafia, I assume, is that so you can avoid doing any real actual work, and right, then,
2: which he does, he does avoid doing actual work while he's there. Yes. I mean, you know,
4: but he seems props props like he's all upset and he's having like a crisis of conscience because he doesn't get to do any of the things he loves. Which I mm-hmm. guess is, you know, hang out at strip clubs and uh, whack snitches.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, he, he. It's because of the fact, and they get into this in the in the episode with Doctor Melfi, is that he is now, now that he's not in the action, he is alone with his thoughts, uh, and just Tony Soprano being alone with all of the things that stress him out. Now he has time to think about how, oh fuck. Richie is going to be in my life forever because he's <laughs> yeah. marrying my goddamn piece of shit sister Janice. And oh shit, uh you know, Richie is still pulling all this bullshit and uh and you know, he's meanwhile he's giving himself a terrible terrible rash just scratching up a storm <laughs> on his arm uh, and using yeah. a bunch of different implements and as a guy who has uh eczema, uh I have to say that like there are a few moments in there with that i'm like oh that probably feels so good like when he <laughs> takes a little a little shoe <laughs> polisher oh yeah <laughs> yeah, his, yeah first he's shining his shoes and then he puts it right on his arm where the rash is and i'm like that has got to feel heaven
4: i wonder if this was the inspiration for john torturo's character in uh the night of
3: what do you mean oh oh like where a skin condition is actually like a big character thing. yeah like
4: his entire character is like guy with a skin
2: condition oh, god that show that's sucked. right i totally forgot about that fuck yeah dude that that drove me crazy that goddamn series like <laughs> everything so that had to do with the rash pissed me off yeah. because i was just yeah. like i'm uncomfortable just watching this and i already have rashes all over my body i
3: don't need to I- see a worse case I don't need to see gross feet. Like
6: I don't.
3: Yeah. No. That that was kind of, that's when I tuned out. I'm like, I, I'm, yeah. You know, I'm sure it's a lovely show, but I, I don't got to see Jonathan Turrell's gross feet. Yeah. And you know who else has a thing about feet?
2: Junior Soprano. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the episode also starts off with uh, Junior Soprano has just come out of a uh, operation uh, where I guess he had a stent put in. Um, and he is, you know, uh, basically he's still under house arrest. And so they, you know, they strap him up again, you know, with the ankle monitor. And now, uh, he is, um, he's also dealing with sleep apnea. Um, (laughs) and I, I've noticed, and I don't know if you guys noticed, did you guys notice that there were a lot of hot, helpful blondes in this episode? Yeah. Well, of course. So you had... (laughs) You had um his nurse, uh Junior's nurse, who was uh the one who was like helping him uh, adjust the sleep apnea machine. Uh, you had um Tony had a uh, blonde nurse who told him to lose some weight. I thought uh, that was
3: a doctor who told him to lose weight. Yeah, oh, it could it could unclear. have been unclear. Doc- I think it yeah. was a
4: doctor. She had a stethoscope. I don't know. She seemed like doctorish to me.
2: Yeah, yeah. So Tony's you Tony's hot helpful ass. Boy. I'm sorry. I'm so, oh my god. I'm so sorry. Um, and then also, uh, Tony's um assistant, uh, the secretary, um, was also a Connie. Hot, uh,
4: yeah. So yeah, Con- Connie, Connie was, was well cast because she look. She has that like that strange like
2: quasi midget Italian. Uh, yeah. Thing
4: going on, yes,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that to me, um, that leads me to my first question actually. Um, when she's first introduced, uh, the owner or the guy who actually runs Barone uh, Sanitation, uh, says that she is a born again Christian,
4: uh huh,
2: but like for real though, because yeah, well, I, I,
3: I that kind of a bit by off, that. because like. New Jersey, like, you're not going to be like a born again Christian in like Italian North Jersey. It's like, I was like, instead you just pick, like, ah, she's super Catholic. Don't, don't bother. Right. Maybe that, she that...
4: has converted to trad cath, uh, oh, traditional okay. Catholicism. But the, I think the question for me in that scene was when he said, oh, she's a born again Christian, does that mean, oh, you're not going to fuck her? Or does it mean you're definitely going to fuck her? That was yeah. like the main question I had coming out of that scene. Cause yeah, I could yeah, have interpreted
2: no. it either way. I interpreted it as you're never gonna fuck her, and of course I was wrong. Yeah. Um But uh, yeah, it was it was confusing to me. But I, I have to say though, she did exude some strong sexual energy. Yeah. Um, I,
3: I think it was Barone being like, "Oh, I barked up that tree." Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, You're barking up the but wrong it's, tree, it's like, oh, Tony. She, yeah, but you know she won't. You know she won't. Uh, debase herself or you know just a trash company manager but you know the second she hears tony soprano is like heavy breathing yeah yeah something <laughs> about it. that oh,
2: right. yeah that's it. a natural aphrodisiac is someone who's wheezing um but it actually leads me to a clip that, that i nose have.
4: whistle just wets the panties all around the tri-state oh, area every,
2: everyone loves a whistly nose especially <laughs> when you're wheezing into <laughs> into the back of your neck meat yeah. um but uh it leads me to uh, the sex scene between uh, Tony and his secretary is one of the weirdest Sopranos sex scenes ever. Cause it, it I immediately... thought it was a
4: dream sequence at first for a number of reasons.
2: Well, there's... Yeah, one of the reasons, I assume, is because of the weird soundscape that's going on during the fucking... There's a dog barking while Tony is fucking her doggy style uh-huh. and and it's just it just has this weird thing to it where where it felt like to me like it was like as if brian wilson had of the beach boys had directed a soprano sex scene it was just like adding animals to things it was it was very strange to me and it uh, i i have a clip of what i think um they were going for so uh vince play brian wilson directs a soprano sexy
5: i suggest you talk about stress management with him
2: Good thing, with that one, it's a good thing guys. I haven't
4: regretted uh, you learning how to audio edit.
2: Yeah, you know, that's the thing. I'm getting better at it, Vince. You have to admit, yeah. I'm getting kind of good at it. I mean, it.
4: you were you were good right away. So it's yeah, just, that's true. you know, it? with great power comes great responsibility kind of thing.
2: And I think I'm wielding that responsibility quite well. Yeah, that was
4: so much restraint in that.
2: Yes, yes. I mean, I just found a lot of animal noises and I added to it. But it, to me, it's it is, it is a, it's a very strange sex scene. Uh, also, and. Yeah. The
4: dog. Why is the dog why is there a dog tied up to a very short leash leash at like a trash company office? It's a junkyard
3: dog, man. But it's yeah,
4: not I, a junkyard, right? Is there are they at that, a junkyard? I, I think
3: it's just like if if you're anything or like a junkyard, you just need a dog barking out there. Yeah. Yeah, I,
2: that the, my assumption was was what you said, Bobby, was that this was a junkyard dog, but then I had the same question that you had, Vince, which is like But this is an office. This isn't a fucking junkyard. And also, like, if
4: you have a junkyard dog, don't you usually have it off the leash so it can bite people when they jump the fence? Like, you don't have it tied up to a thing.
3: It just was, it's just so confusing because you're just like. Maybe the junkyard dog, like, summers at the office. Oh, (laughs) it was a temp dog? It was, you know, like they rotate them, you know, like, uh, yeah, you don't want to wear him out spending all his time at the junkyard. You want to give him, you know, some shore leave at the office. <laughs> it just was, it was
2: so confusing to me to watch like uh, a what I think is a pretty uh, kind of a hot sex scene in my opinion. Like it's it's like Sopranos has weird sex scenes for sure, but this was yeah, one that I was just kinda the way like, his
4: blue boxer shorts are, are around his ankles while he's sitting on an office swivel chair.
2: Right. Yeah. If there's one thing I love about Tony Soprano is that uh, even when he's fucking, he has to be seated, you know, (laughs) (laughs) because he has to be in total
3: comfort at all times. Um, It's it's all about how, you know, everyone's lazy, man. That's the theme of this episode. That is. Yeah, you're right. Can't Can't even stand up to have sex.
2: Can't even stand up to have sex. He's having sex from behind, which is already like maybe the easiest position to have sex in. And he's still... Is just like, well, I'm, I got a fucking nice office chair. What am I going to not use it? Good for him. But and, uh, and she was doing most of the work on that one, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, weird, weird dog in the background, kind of strange. And, you know, Tony is dealing with the fact that he is, you know, bored as shit and that he wants to be back where the action is. You know, he's got a phone call at some point from Sill and, um, you know, Polly and Big Pussy and the others uh, like this shipment of World War II uh, memorabilia, I, or I guess <laughs> memorabilia is probably not the w- r- wrong word to use, but it's like no,
3: it's uh, no. You know, Big Pussy was just wearing some Nazi memorabilia. <laughs> yeah, <throughout>, and, <laughs> yeah. And, and like Tony wanted to do that too. He no, had an yeah. authentic he, yellow a, yeah. star signed by Himmler. <laughs>
2: <laughs> signed by Anne Frank. Uh, yeah, but it was like. He wanted to hang out with his with his friends and do fun Nazi stuff. But like that's how you, you know, knew that Tony inside. was
4: depressed because he couldn't even enjoy World War Two memorabilia because that's usually like his favorite thing.
2: Well, I don't think it was. To me, I didn't read that as he's depressed. That's oh, he's why staying he's staying away. There.
4: For, I get it. Yeah, that was that was him he's following he's the sad lawyer's that
2: advice. That Neil Mink he, told he him has, he can't do that. Right. His lawyer told him to stay away from like you know getting your hands dirty on some stuff and like he can't be in a stolen you know uh, ship shipping crate filled with Nazi stuff. How's that going to look in the
3: paper? Yeah, that's uh, that's, that's why I really like the uh, like his uh, first panic attack of the episode. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. that was a great scene because, uh, like, have you guys ever, like, worked in, like, a, like, an office office where, like, oh, people yeah. really care about? So, it's, like, I, like, you know, I've been to those, like, office parties where people are, like, are talking about, like, the biz, and I'm just, oh, yeah. like, I am here to get drunk <laughs> and not think about work. Yeah. And, and, and like, Tony's there and, like... I think, you know, like, you know, whenever he has a panic attack, we're all trying to figure out what it is. And mm-hmm. I think I think for, for in that scene, it, you know, it wasn't just Rishi, but it's also the fact that, like, he's so bored and like he like he wanted to, do, to join the mafia. So We have to yeah. do this shit. And he's around all these like pudgy guys who look like him wearing khakis and their polo, their, you know, employee polo shirt tucked in talking about like the latest brand of dumpsters at this mm-hmm. country club. And he's just like. What the fuck am I getting myself yeah, I, into?
4: I also think there was an angle that you know, him having to play middle manager where he has to he has mm-hmm. to take Richie aside and uh, and get mad at him. And it's really relatable that like nothing makes you angrier at a person than that person uh, forcing you to like be the angry person, you know what I mean? Right. Like, when you have, yeah, a, you're yeah.
2: forcing someone into the position of like, it's like when someone to...
4: owes you money and it's like, you're gonna make me ask you for it, like, don't make me like have to, right? Like, you're turning me into the nag, you know, like that's yeah. the worst,
2: yeah. And like, Tony definitely, you know, is what makes him more annoyed is the fact that like Richie is no longer in this position where, where he can just like, you know yell at him and whatnot and and just kind of like i'm the boss whatever like he's about to become family and um (laughs) yeah and and actually i have a clip from uh that scene uh between richie and tony where tony's yelling at him and this uh, precedes him passing out from a panic attack
5: all right what is the big deal you're my uncle you want to deal drugs at your business You do it on Association Garbage Roots. It's my fucking business. It stops today. You got it? Don't give me your fucking Manson lamps. Just fucking stop. Another thing, don't tip a truck on a problem customer. You know, I fucking hate the way you make me fucking ride you. Now get the fuck out of here.
4: Uh, Tony doesn't get enough credit for his, you know, accurate observations and jokes and uh, Manson lamps solid. I like I'd put that in a review.
2: Yeah. Fantastic. I mean, just especially given the fact that that is probably Richie's number one go to weapon. (laughs) It's just a fucking evil stare into someone's soul where you're just like. I mean, if it were me, I would fucking crumble under the stare. Yeah, because you
4: look at him and you're like, "Why would I be scared of this five foot three, like pudgy, old Italian middle-aged man?" Yeah, middle aged Italian dude. And then he stares at you, and you're like, "Oh shit, I don't know what this guy's
3: capable
2: of." Uh, yeah, because he's got the eyes of someone who's like, "Oh fuck, is he gonna try to fuck me?"
3: <laughs> like that's like the feeling I get. Like, <laughs> like and my, even my when butthole, he's like, 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 even when he's like happy and smiling, like. um, In one of our favorite scenes where he gives Tony, like, Feech Lamanna's jacket. Like, he's, like, so happy, and you look at his eyes, and he still looks like a fucking psycho.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he's got got a a very psycho demeanor to him. Manson Lamps, I think, was... But yeah, right then, uh, Tony looks around and notices that he's not only fucking, you know, middle management or, or basically management uh, for his, you know, Soprano crime family, but also working with these schmucks who are all in the trash business. And I think that the combination of both of those things,
4: <laughs> reading definitely... waste news, uh, that, that was a <laughs> bit of a stretch that there's a newspaper that he reads the uh, the waste news.
2: I mean, you know, it's uh, there's probably fucking trade I, newspapers for yeah, that there's, shit. there's
3: definitely a trade pub that, like, those guys like, hey, did you guys see the latest in, uh, you know, uh, Waste Quarterly?
4: Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they give that job to, like, a mobbed-up uh, nephew to write the newsletter? Or does that mobbed-up nephew force some nerd to write it for him?
3: Nah, that's like... You graduated from a really like, bad Rutgers with a C average <laughs> and a communications degree. Yeah, it is. And a you're communications like, what degree. can I do? What's a job I can work at 20 hours a week mm-hmm. and smoke pot in a Honda Civic after? <laughs> yeah. And waste
2: news. Yeah. Hey, I mean, you know, good journalism is good journalism. Let's, yeah. you know, can credit we, where credit is due.
4: Can we pivot slightly to uh, uh, Melfi? I feel like this yes, is the episode honestly. where Melfi actually like got interesting to me. Yes, all it 100%. Took, all it took was her taking shots of Belvedere in between patients.
2: Oh, man. It was fantastic. Yeah, for sure. Um, fucking, you know, uh, drunk Melfi is best Melfi. <laughs> like, yeah. like her drinking between sessions and then doing sessions with Tony Soprano, like completely drunk is fantastic and i gotta say it is some of the best drunk acting i think i've ever seen yeah like like it is it's perfect it's subtle it's not like you i kind of thought doesn't... she was
4: bad in this series a little bit before this episode and then this right. one like she really crushed it
2: yeah it's interesting because like upon like when you first watch the show you are a lot more sucked into a lot of the psychiatry aspect because it's so novel it's so like oh this is you know this is a good premise for a show right uh-huh. Um, but then, uh, you know, doing a rewatch, you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Melfi stuff. I don't know. Is she even that good? I don't know. And then you watch this episode and you're like, God, Lorraine Bracco can fucking act. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. I have a clip of a uh, drunk Melfi.
5: What's the matter? You still in mourning over the coming of managed care? Go on. <sighs> What's the point? It's all a series of distractions till you die.
6: I hear depression talking.
5: Medication, medication, medication. What do I got to show for it?
6: who knows where you'd be without the medication anyway some people take pleasure in the simple doing of things
2: i don't know if you noticed at the very end of the Thing clip is. she goes yeah the simple doing of things
6: <laughs> like like,
2: like yeah that was so, so subtle yeah but it's just so fucking perfect and you know she's clearly having like this crisis where she is like you know whether or not she's an alcoholic you know is remains to be seen, but she's clearly having some severe alcohol problems and it culminates in one of my all time favorite it's my favorite scene in the Sopranos uh in this episode but it's my one of the like top five Melfi scenes <laughs> yeah. uh because it's her because that's the thing every Melfi scene that's outside of the Sopranos family that's not with Tony and whatnot is always a glimpse into her fucking just insufferable. His her insufferable world with every insufferable character that she constantly surrounds herself with. And in this case, it's the return of her shitty son uh, who is just the worst
3: fucking guy, the worst dude. And uh, like when he's talking to his mom at dinner about like, what he's saying, it, it, like, he kind of sounds like Napoleon Dynamite almost. Yeah. Where he's like, hey, yeah. God, mom. I told you. Jared, all was last semester. I'm on the con now. <laughs>
2: yeah. And, and I, I have a clip from
3: it. And, and it, it like, so it
2: starts out with this horribly pretentious conversation about what his class is and a terrible joke, and then followed by another terrible joke from his son. And then her just deciding to lib out on a smoker. Which yeah. is like, of course she would do that. She is the most like, it, it's funny because it's like, it's very like New Yorker, but because it's Jersey, it's just more trashy.
3: Um, <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's a little less refined, It's still, it's kind of like, The nanny state liberal, but like way more aggressive. Right, exactly. (laughs) It's a
2: New Jersey nanny state liberal, exactly. And uh, it's a long clip, but I love it.
3: Uh,
4: I'm also going to play a sting before that because I think this falls heavily into this category.
2: It's the 90s. Parents are
8: supposed to discuss sex with their children. It's the 90s. It's it's the 90s.
2: 90s. Yes, it absolutely is very, very 90s. And it's, uh, yeah, it's one of the few uh, 90s things in this episode. That, uh, just real quick, they also include um, a Home Alone reference, a Sliding Doors reference, and a reference to the movie Seven.
3: Also, um, diagno- uh, Diagnosis Murder on the TV.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And
3: I would say um, uh, Junior's, the the woman helping out Junior, had mm-hmm. a very 90s haircut. I, Definitely. i not like... The Dallas Soon. I can't really describe it that well, but just it was. She looked like she would be a love interest on front. She looked
4: oh, like sure. Amy Smart in Road Trip a little bit.
3: Yes. yes. <laughs>
2: yeah.
4: And then also uh, the book club discussing uh, Angela's Ashes. Yeah, fr- yeah. Tiz, the follow up to Angela's Ashes, which I love by the way. That's a fucking great book. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So here's but, here's but- Melfi.
6: So, how's that English class going? Comparative literature, whatever.
7: Complet was last semester. I told you I'm taking Lacan. Deconstructive theory.
6: Ooh, deconstructivist. And your grandfather a contractor. Deconstructivism.
7: Ah. <laughs> your old mom.
6: Shut the fuck up, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Shut Excuse the me, fuck up. Excuse me, could you up. move your cigarette? Pardon me? It's blowing into my son's face. Thank you. We're allowed to smoke. Ah, unfortunately, an area where New Jersey is woefully behind. But could you move it?
7: Mom, it's no big deal.
6: It's no big deal to move it either. I don't think so. I'm sorry. I'm not going to move it. Why not? Because you're very rude. I said excuse me quite clearly. Your tone. It's a health hazard. Move it. No. I'm a physician. Do you know what you're doing to the rest of us? My son has taken the trouble in his own life to live in a smoke-free dorm.
0: (laughs) My salutations.
6: Mom? This isn't a smoke-free restaurant. Look, this is silly. Could you just move the fucking thing? Not when you talk like that. Just move this cigarette, please. No. No? No. Mama! Well? You bitch.
5: She must be drunk.
6: Excuse me, what did you say?
7: Ma'am, come on. I saw what happened. Let's just, shall we?
6: Will you call the police?
7: I don't think that's warranted, but ma'am.
6: Oh no, please call the police because I'm not the one with a lethal weapon here.
7: Ma'am. Oh God. I'd <laughs> like you to leave. Come on, Jason. I'm out of here.
6: <laughs> just
2: everything about that scene is wonderful. It's so Number perfect. One, I mean, she's so- not a physician.
4: No. Well, it also starts with her. I mean, I guess she can. Pre- yeah, she is because she can prescribe medication.
2: Oh, I, say, uh, I, I yeah, because she's yeah, a psychiatrist.
4: Yeah, but like she, I, I love that going back to how good of a drunk uh, actor she is. Um, like the way her deacon, or the way her your father a contractor comment didn't really like line up. Like her uh-huh. timing was off with like the comment. and She like paused and then she had to explain the joke. Like yes. that was perfect, and then the way the other woman's also kind of a bitch where she's like, I I love when people do that thing where you ask them something and then they like respond shittily and then you get mad and they're like, well, if you would have asked nicely, I would have done what you said. And it's like, no, the fuck you wouldn't. First of all.
3: Yeah. She perfectly captured like self-righteous four wine drunk. yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And just
2: like the idea of just being like, my son has taken the trouble. In his life (laughs) to avoid cigarette smoke at all costs. And just, like, (laughs) the idea that somehow uh, this – because it was at a time when, like, the idea of secondhand smoke was like, oh – Secondhand smoke is worse than firsthand smoke. That fucking
4: created a generation. Like, all that secondhand smoke propaganda created a generation of, like, the most obnoxious nanny state motherfuckers ever.
2: Definitely. Definitely. I mean, and that's not to say that, you know, having someone smoke in your vicinity, you know, for some people is an annoyance fine that's that's fine no it's see,
4: fine grow the fuck up like a little bit of smoke wafting towards you like
2: oh but my I, god i, being I would, just, I would like maybe to if see... you're in like a
4: if you're in a crowded smoky bar or if you're like sharing a car with them that i get mm-hmm. but like yeah. now like these days if you smoke if someone's smoking outside other people will get mad at them and it's like chill the fuck out everybody like find me one person who had Issues because other people were yeah, smoking that's the near them it's outside. Like,
3: also, I mean... that restaurant was like an airplane hangar, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and like, and her table was like, like maybe five, ten feet away. It's like, yeah, you might have like a a whiff of nicotine, right? That is obviously drowned out by the four Monty Poltianos I've just been writing this <laughs> now. <laughs> I would
4: also like to know, like, there was a. There was a non-smokers dorm and a smoking dorm in two thousand. Is that a thing? Like what No, that's, was that a was gu- the
2: thing. I was, I was, uh, I was in a dorm that was called a uh, smoke and drug free dorm, which was very confusing. <laughs> How'd that work to me. out for you? Oh <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I mean, I did a lot of drugs in it, but that's half the fun. Yeah, it's kind of like shooting next to those like uh, gun free zone signs. Um, but uh, you know, like. The, the other thing that I do love about that scene is the fact that, you know, number one, someone just goes, she must be drunk, which is like, I mean, I don't know if you would know that from someone throwing something in your face. So some people in New Jersey fight completely sober, yeah. but also prostitution whore yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, but then, and then at some point, uh, <laughs> then at some point, uh, the person, you know, he goes, ma'am, I've asked you to leave. There's a long pause. And Melfi says, okay, let's go. And then her son goes, I'm out of here. Which, number <laughs> one, you can't just be indignant and say, I'm out of here when you had to wait for your mother to give you permission to leave. You fucking dweeb. <laughs> like, I hate that
4: character so much. Oh, it's it, a it's- perfect soprano scene because every person in it is like their own unique like flavor of terrible even <laughs> yeah. like uh, you have to you feel so bad for the waiter but <laughs> like the waiter comes up and she's like i'm calling you to call the police and he's yeah, like yeah. really again not again with these
2: yeah the idea that like this is not the first uh time that night that someone has been <laughs> yeah. like call the police and the other person said call them do it I, go ahead like, call him we'll talk to the police together
3: that call I mean, him. You, know, you open a restaurant in new jersey that's what you you know you, that's part of like the deal where it's like you yeah. know that oh you want to be a mayor in new jersey you're gonna have to throw out at least six people uh yeah to make it pick a fight it's so in we'll the fun- be dressed in like pearls in, and a uh, uh, business suit you know like yeah. <laughs> it's in the fine
2: print of the bank loan
3: like, people let you know
2: right away. Oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, once you open this restaurant, you're going to be kicking guidos out left and right.
3: Um, they have a drunk psychiatrist insurance policy that a restaurant can take out. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, and By the way, I just looked it up. Uh, a psychiatrist is not a physician. As a physician implies medical doctor. And a psychologist uh, or a psychiatrist is a PhD, although they are able to um, you know, pr- prescribe drugs. So... She's lying about being a physician because she thinks it makes her point better. Anyways, Melfi, uh, it, this is a really breakout Melfi episode, and I'm <laughs> I'm just was so pleased to enjoy that character again because it's been you know it's been it's a been, long a time. Yeah. Then, it's been a while yeah and then been a while yeah I have enjoyed a Melfi scene okay
4: <laughs> so should so, we go to uh, favorite scene least
2: favorite scene yeah yeah yeah. Um, so my favorite scene, uh, as, as I wrote down was, uh, Melfi living out on, uh, on the lady for smoking. Uh-huh. Um, and my least favorite scene, and I have a clip of it, um, it's called nurse makes a funny. Uh-huh. It's yeah, yeah. very early on, uh, when junior is in the hospital, he gets visited by a marshal, who um, puts his uh, house arrest-like ankle monitor back on his ankle.
5: I'm Michael McLuhan from the U.S. Marshal Service, here to reattach your electronic bracelet. They give you the important jobs, huh?
1: Your name's really McLuhan? Right. So that makes you Marshall McLuhan.
3: <laughs> <laughs> What's the fucking joke? That's a little David Chase flex. Oh, yeah. That feels like the
4: kid. That feels like Melfi's kid wrote that scene. Right?
3: (laughs) I mean, yeah. It it, it just.
2: But why? I just didn't understand it. It didn't need to be there. It was just like it just stood out where you're going. Like, I I, I even went through the trouble of looking up Marshall McLuhan to see if like because he's a philosopher, right? Yeah. And so oh. I, like, looked it up to see if, is like, is this related to the episode or in any way? And, He's a philosopher and- who gets
4: quoted by dipshits like Steve Bannon to, like, make themselves st- sound intellectual. Or they're like, yeah. you know, the medium is the message. And you're like, oh, okay, I don't know what the fuck. That, that doesn't fucking mean anything. Like, that's the yeah. ultimate, like, philosopher, like coming in your own mouth he was like uh, a
2: philosopher who specialized in in media critique it seemed like which to me does not yeah. track with what the episode's about he's probably all. just
4: like proto jordan peterson complaining about fucking disney princesses
3: right well, I but think, it's yeah I, th- I think like no marshall McLuhan. he was kind of like like he was one of those people that like ended up being parodied a lot and like where it was like a professor of something totally ridiculous yeah, yeah that's kind of what he was like he was, he was like, it's like, oh, I'm like this great intellectual, and I just like kind of watch TV all day. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, which is a great job. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But also... L- this is my no first joke.
4: book. Sex, maybe that's, Drugs, that's and Cocoa it...
5: Puffs.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's how it plays into the episode, because the episode's really about just wanting to be lazy all the time. And Marshall McLuhan is just like... You can be this, you know, I'm just a like genius who, like, you know, sits on my ass and, like, watches TV and talks about what it means. Yeah. I like it. That's a good theory. That Philosophers it, it are broadcast. the real
2: mafia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The real gangster. <laughs> yeah. What are your favorite and least favorite, Vince? Oh,
4: mine? Okay. Well, uh, these are very short, but I love the cutaway to the fat girl with art bangs dancing to Journey at the country club. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, that was good. Like, almost did, like, a full split take on that one. I don't know why.
2: But it wasn't Journey. It was more than a feeling. It was it Boston.
4: Boston. Oh, okay, yeah, same difference. Um, really same difference. And really. then, yeah, Boston's just an East Coast Journey. Um, yeah, absolutely, and, absolutely. And then the other one was just, like, the the pan away from the women talking about Frank McCourt. And she just says, oh, you know the Irish in their liquor."
2: Yeah, that was
3: pretty great. Yeah, but, yeah. that was good. And then, uh, my favorite scene, uh, obviously the first scene, like, like Ben said, that's such like a classic Scorsese-ish one, where you have like that, that killer soundtrack, the tracking shot, and just like doing some gangster stuff, Mm -hmm. I love, I mean, it's catnip, whatever, I don't care, I love that shit. Yeah, it's good shit. I will say, like, I wasn't a huge fan of the Junior plot, and I felt, yeah, like, like I, I, other than getting his hand stuck in the garbage disposal, disposal, which is a great junior thing, but it's like oh, yeah. all scenes with him and the lady. It's just like I don't think it really told us anything more about junior. Yeah, it's just like know? fucker like,
2: already, dude. You know, I mean, yeah. it, the 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 episode for junior was essentially about how he's really horny and he still has particularly high standards for for who's he's gonna fuck because. He meets Catherine Romano in the hospital after the stent or it doesn't meet he you know
3: she sees her stalks again him
4: cuz she's so thirsty Yeah so she
2: <laughs> is fucking thirsty She heard for about him from uh,
3: Bobby and you know uh, how he's a you know muff
2: diver Yeah Yeah exactly exactly so she knows from Roberta from San Felipe Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah he knows that uh she knows he eats pussy and obviously is very interested in him and makes him a nice uh regote. Uh, what 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 is it? yeah, and um, you know, is uh, meanwhile like Junior is not having it, uh, and I think it's because he's mostly embarrassed by the fact that like she uh is no she, age he's appropriate. By- She's age appropriate. She's embarrassed also by uh, he's embarrassed by his body being, you know, fucking uh, broken down. And the fact that he's stuck inside, he's embarrassed that he's under house arrest. Meanwhile, he's trying to fuck whoever the fuck Roberta San Felipe is.
4: Oh, you don't remember who that is? That's the uh, that's the girl whose pussy he ate and he smashed a pie in her face.
2: Oh, that's Roberta. Yeah. Oh shit! That, yeah, I didn't remember th- that was her name, but uh, yeah, at one point uh,
4: she he ate, he went down on her. She spread he, he ate her pie. She spread his business <laughs> in the streets, and then he put her pie back in her face. To goddamn
2: right, yeah, goddamn so. right, and. Uh, yeah, so apparently um, he has uh, it been waiting for a call back from Roberta, who is not returning a phone call. And Bobby reported back on uh, the fact that he ran into her buying a fountain. And I have a clip uh, of that um,
5: exchange. When I ran into her fountains away in that time, she was very cold. What was she buying? Fountain. Kid pissing. Must have bought a house. Great ass she got a great ass. <laughs> and you got your head all the way up it. Listen, I'm going to go. Got to take my kid to karate.
2: Yeah, so... Uh, you cut out the best part of that scene. Which one? That she's down for anything?
4: No, Which part? Yeah, yeah, down for anything. Uh You know, great ass, uh, you know, such a blabbermouth or what did he, what did he call yeah. it? <laughs> I think yeah, I know so, in the other episode, he called her a blabbermouth cunt. And this one, he said never shuts her yap or something i don't remember
2: yeah yeah but she uh yeah something like that she she fucks with the best of them or something great yeah um down but for whatever. uh it was it was very worth it just to have that great al pacino clip in there um sure so yeah he's horny and he's like hitting on you know the the nurse who's helping him uh put on his uh sleep apnea mask he's just trying to fuck he's he's stuck inside he's trying to fuck i mean he's dealing with his mortality he gets his fucking hand caught in the garbage disposal, which is one of like, kind of one of the sweetest Soprano family scenes ever. <laughs> remember, yeah. when, remember when um, Tony was asked to describe uh, a beautiful memory of their family uh, to Melfi? And he describes like this like scene where everyone like fights and everyone gets hit and, and she's all like kind of like put off by it and goes like, and that's a happy memory to you. Uh-huh. I realize I have now become Tony Soprano where this scene is basically like it's he has been stuck for six hours (laughs) stuck standing up yelling (laughs) in what what must have been a horrifying experience for him thinking (laughs) fuck am I gonna die like this and and it's just the sweetest scene ever where Richie like just helps him like lube up his hand to get it out. And he keeps going, you are flexing. Go limp, go limp. You are yeah. flexing. It. It's just very cute. And you see Janice, you know, kind of looking at it and I don't know, it just, uh, it, it brought up a lot of happy feelings. So I did, I did enjoy that a lot. Um, yeah. and of course, junior then does finally decide to settle on Catherine Romano coming over. Um, And of course, as soon as he does, somehow through the fucking grapevine, uh, Livia Soprano calls him up to get the scoop. Hello.
6: Carada? What
5: the fuck are you doing calling my home?
6: Now listen, I am the only person in this family who doesn't curse. So just do me the favor. I want to see how you're feeling. Is that so horrible? I'm fine. And I heard keeping company with that Catherine Romano.
5: Oh, fuck. Never you mind about that.
6: Ah, she's so sweet. Uh, I remember my Johnny told me. She let him feel her up behind the Sons of Italy Hall.
5: Listen, Livia, what you don't know could fill a book.
2: (laughs) I do love that Livia never misses an opportunity to deny someone in her family of happiness. (laughs) Yeah. And and also never misses an opportunity to denigrate someone who is clearly a better person than yeah, than yeah. her. You know, she 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 hates Catherine Romano for probably no reason. Um,
3: but uh, yeah, you know, that's Catherine just... Romano was once nice to her. Right, she wants to know like <laughs> what what's her game yeah (laughs) Yeah. what's the
2: angle on that one exactly she's up to something yeah Um, so um
4: and then my least favorite uh was the uh emergency room doctor um getting getting offended by like tony being upset about his uh illness like where she she pouts i'm like i don't see there's no fucking chance an emergency yeah. room doctor in New Jersey gives a flying fuck what Tony Soprano <laughs> is upset about.
2: See, that's why no. I thought she was a
3: nurse. Because she was so uh, unprofessional. <laughs> it wasn't yeah, sexism. A p- popular take. Uh, <laughs> no, but it did lead to that joke where, it's, where she just you know looks at him deadpans like, you can lose some weight.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then walks <laughs> out. I mean, that was... That was pretty uh that was pretty brutal and devastating. I, I was I was a big fan of that of that line, but uh yeah, I could see that. I mean, you know, I think we both have some least favorite scenes of uh people just kind of like in the medical profession just doing bad jokes. Um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a very. Um, this was before Ken
4: Jong, you know. This was like the first example yeah. of the funny yeah. doctor character. They
2: were trying out funny doctor characters and <laughs> failing miserably. Yeah, there's because there's a lot of doctors in this episode. It's a very doctor-heavy episode. Um, and eventually, in this episode, Tony, um, you know, hears about the basically the shark metaphor from Melfi and realizes that the only way that he can stop passing out is if he goes to Satriales and scratches his itch with a fucking shoe shiner and then <laughs> and then yells at uh random teenagers who are driving too fast in the neighborhood. Like well it's
4: like, like if you're if you're a gangster, you're not living your life unless, you know, you're standing on a street corner, like commenting on passers by. Yeah. Right.
3: The the whole point of the episode is like how much fun it is just for like guys to be dudes. yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah Play
3: cards and rub your rash with the
2: shoe polisher (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah it is it is definitely like an interesting thing because he can't like all of this the stuff that he does like uh when he's in the office of Fucking brone sanitation is not all that different from the he leads the same boring life either way. Like the boredom still exists, it's just a little bit more bearable when he is with his, you know, scumbag friends. And I think that's yeah. a beautiful
3: message. Yeah, you, you know, I, I, I think it's because like you get into the mafia because you can't like punch it, you can't put in 40 hours a week doing something else so you can hang out with your friends. Like you, yeah, literally you'd literally, have literally have rather all die, time just hanging out with your friends, doing nothing chewing the shit there can't be like anything in the way of that unless yeah. it's like a cool crime
4: yeah yeah and <laughs> not women not a job not your family yeah. like your real family mm-hmm. is the dudes who stand around on the corner busting balls with you
2: yeah yeah and you know he's uh he's got he's a shark who has to keep moving forward and sometimes for some sharks certain species moving forward looks a lot like uh sitting on your lazy ass outside of a pork store and doing nothing and you know talking sports and hey wh- whatever shark that is that's a that's a cool fucking shark if a shark he would make a show out of
4: yeah if he but if he hadn't uh gone and hung out at the waste management company for a while he would have never got to fuck that born-again christian from the comfort of his office chair
2: yeah you know like silver lining there yeah. you know, but, probably- you, know he,
3: you gotta think about the lost opportunities at the bing
2: I know. Yeah, you think yeah. about how many other born again Christians he could have fucked while he was hanging out at the Bing and fucking. I I got to say in general watching Tony fuck is um is interesting because he is like a giant um Rottweiler. Yeah, it's like watching him. an animal do it somehow. Yeah, yeah, he he he's got the sexual energy of a of a of a Rottweiler and you you definitely <laughs> like I I would go with a bulldog because of the breathing problems. For sure. For sure. He's got it's uh, I mean, it could be some sort of mix. You know, he's a mixed breed. He's a a rot bull. Um, But yeah, in general, I I was uh, I was a pretty big fan of this episode, even though it kind of like fit into that, you know, less about moving the plot of the season forward and more about kind of like uh, the family in general.
3: Yeah, it's kind of like a six man episode, you know, where it's like, like the next episode is like a kind of a classic all timer, but you can't have all those. You need some just like ones where it's like you kind of, you show the characters more, but you still move along the plot. Yeah. With kind of the exception of like the junior stuff, which I didn't really think went anywhere or really Mm -hmm. did much for him. Like it did all that. Like you cut you it fleshed out Tony more, it fleshed out Richie more. Uh, and yeah. like kind of, and it brings them closer to a confrontation, which people are expecting in the next episode. And so it served yeah. that purpose. And like it really, like you said, it was great for Melfi. Like, yeah, you get to see like Melfi, like kind of, and it really lets Lorraine Bracco like do a, a really good job there. And so yeah, it was like that was really nice to see too. So, no, like, it was, it's a good epic like it's not like a classic, but it's like no. one of those episodes that like makes the show as a whole really
4: good. Yeah. It's very yeah. uh I mean it felt like The Irishman, you know, like where uh mortality is the real gangsta and uh yeah. and it's full of like pretender songs and people just like alternately uh doing jack shit and uh you know, pondering their own deaths. So Yeah.
2: Yeah, in I terms of it. In terms of The Real Gangster, I think Mortality is uh, The Real Gangster. Idle Hands are The Real Gangster. And also The Real Gangster is The Declaration of Independence. (laughs) Um, Uh, (laughs) I I, I would say uh, Offices are The Real Gangster. Oh, The Real Gangster is Offices, uh, for sure. The reason Mm -hmm. I say The Declaration of Independence uh, is because at one point uh, he talks about how – it says they guarantee the pursuit of happiness and then he's like why am i not happy and she goes well it's the pursuit that's guaranteed and he goes always a fucking loophole and that's because (laughs) the declaration of independence that's the real gangster um yeah so all in all good episode i'm excited for the next one we have two left in this season um you know bobby thank you so much for coming on before we
3: go, uh, any malapropisms we want to go over?
4: <laughs> I, uh, uh, I don't
3: remember I any couldn't this find ap- any. Yeah. Oh, there were two. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. Look at that. So, You're doing better homework than we are. Yeah. Um, so one of them is kind of like um, when Richie tells Junior that uh, Tony won't let him sell Coke on the Roots, he's like, what is this affrontery? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then... Yeah. The other one is when he's talking to Beansy, uh, about Beansy to Melfi. He's like, Tony's like, he's got piss into a cathode. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) He
2: did. He did. He did say cathode. But I thought that
4: was just a joke he was making.
3: No, 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 no. Yeah,
2: it was. He meant catheter. I remember hearing cathode and going, that's wrong. But then never, never. It didn't. Yeah, it did not compute but that's great yeah i know you know this episode or the, you know this series always has a a nice
3: a nice little uh
2: you know sprinkler. Yeah, it'll throw in those little things.
3: ones you know to show everyone that these guys really aren't that bright Just to keep you yeah, honest not, you know Gotta
2: keep they're the not attention. smart
3: dude yeah yeah like t- tony will throw in uh manson lance and it's like wait is this guy like there's more of this guy than we thought and then <laughs> yeah, also yeah. throwing a uh, pee into a cathode and it's like nah not really nah he's <laughs> fucking stupid. <laughs> Yeah, um, th- Vince. Did we get any voicemails or anything?
4: Oh yeah, that's. A, thank you for reminding me. We did actually. Uh, oh great. We got a couple. So here's uh, the first one.
9: Hey, um, Matt and Vince, I had a, a Sopranos comment. I was going to leave this for the last episode, but you guys recorded it uh, sooner than I thought you would. Um, I was hoping you guys would comment on the really, really weird shirt that Carmela is wearing in the very last scene. Um, it's a it's a white shirt and it has a bunch of pictures of purses on it but they're not like name brands or anything like that it's literally just like a like a labeling guide like a like an Audubon society <laughs> field guide for for purses um and i was so distracted by this shirt i i couldn't focus on what was happening in that scene and i think i think it's funny like first off it's funny if if carmella bought that herself because it's such a perfect shirt for like a a person who's truly white trash, but has money now. But it's also funny to think that like either Tony or AJ bought that for her as like a mother's day gift because they, they knew she liked purses. Uh, <laughs> if it feels very much like a, uh, like a, a gift from a grandmother that you would get as a kid. So um, anyway, all right, keep up the good work. Thank you.
4: Yeah. It's very uh, much, it's very much like, Oh, what should I get my mom? Well, women do be shopping.
3: A- <laughs> a- AJ sees that at hot topic and he's like, Oh, my mom will love that. <laughs> yeah, the, the,
2: yeah, that's for sure the the thinking of a kid is going like, I know my mom likes purses, so for her birthday, I'll get her a shirt with purses on it. <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> genius. Um, no, I didn't even notice that shirt when it happened.
4: Uh, yeah, I didn't either, actually. Uh, yeah, good catch. Yeah, here's our other voicemail.
7: Hi, Matt and Vince. This is Max, uh, listener since episode four. Love, Pod Yourself a Gun, Super Good, Love Sopranos, Guys are Great, San Francisco Legends, it's where I live, it's where I grew up. Anyway, after listening to um, today's episode, the bust out episode, I read a little further on Robert Eiler's Wikipedia page than I had previously on AJ's Actor. Um I found a very important piece of information. Um, if you did not already know this, I don't believe you've referenced this on the run of the show. Um, Robert Eiler, on the night of July 4th, 2001, and some of his shitbag friends uh, robbed a couple of tourists in New York City on the Upper East Side and were later arrested for it like total fucking idiots. And he got caught with cash that they stole and a bag of weed in his pocket. And he pled guilty to it and was let out under probation. Just saying, uh, very important uh, and uh, central, perhaps, to the Robert Eiler uh, extended universe out in um, out in real life. Anyway, tears. Uh, uh, love you. Good night. <laughs>
2: that is, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, that means because. I I remember that he got in trouble with the law for some bullshit yeah. later on and there's like a a Robert Eiler mugshot but 2001 that means tourists got robbed by fat AJ Yeah yeah
4: oh yeah like that, <laughs> no he was doing they hood tell ra- you. he likes doing hood rat shit with his
3: friends <laughs> <laughs> They didn't tell you that that tourist was uh Muhammad Atta <laughs> <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That Um, is fucking insane. That is like, like, because you see him as like a, a, when he's like a little bit older, like, you know, an 18 year old or even like a fucking 17 year old. And like, he's thinner. I don't know. Like, he's kind of like, like getting robbed by 2001 Robert Idler is like getting robbed by a juggalo in middle school. (laughs)
6: Like,
2: like imagine this, the look on your face when that's the kid who's robbing you. Holy fuck. He probably, um,
4: uh, he probably... He probably peed on the wall right next to there, and then the cop like convinced they got him the that they had DNA.
2: Oh man. I wonder if he, you know, if uh if this was like if he's always been kind of sociopathic or if this was just one of those days. All right. Uh <laughs> um Bobby, thank you so much for coming Thanks on the show. Yeah, we we um, really
3: appreciate it. Um Yeah, Bobby Big Wheel on Twitter. Also, I am the actor Michael Imperioli. <laughs> I was also in that scene in Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. You're Spider. Yeah, I was Spider. Check it Hell out. Hell
2: yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Um thank you for the phone calls from our Pod which uh, I just now remembered <laughs> is the name of our fans. Um Vince, uh thank you so much for being my co-host, dude. I fucking oh. I couldn't, oh, I couldn't that's do it so sweet. Without you Thank you. I fucking I fucking love you, dude. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, the, uh, email us at frotcast at gmail.com, patreon.com slash fraudcast if you want to get bonus episodes where we talk about other things, movies and such. Uh, Vince, what is the Google Voice number?
4: 415-275-0030.
2: All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing.